Hi, I'm Dave Westberg, and you're listening to the Billboard Insider Podcast, where I interview industry leaders about trends impacting the U.S. out-of-home advertising business. This podcast is sponsored by AdWatch. Today's podcast guest is Chris Kalbeck, General Manager at Look Billboards, an Oklahoma-based out-of-home company, uh, and the General Manager of IBO USA, a networking group which addresses the needs of independent billboard operators. Welcome to the show, Chris. Well, good morning, Dave. It's a foggy day, an unusual day in southern Oklahoma, sitting outside my ranch shop, getting ready to do some chores. Thought about doing some prescribed burns today to clean up some pasture stuff, but the fog is so thick, I don't think I might have to try. (laughs) And I must say, Chris, you are a true entrepreneur. We're recording this on a Saturday morning, and I divide the entrepreneurs from the salaried big company people, the entrepreneurs I can reach on Saturday mornings. We, we work 24-7, yeah. and you may not know, also run, in addition to our billboard company, also run a family real estate business that we've had. My mother started, we're having our 50th year anniversary this year. So we work 24-7. When the phone rings, that means there's money on it. <laughs> Good for you. Now, the IBO just held its fall conference. What was from the, the feedback from the members? How are they surviving COVID? Well, that was a very interesting thing. You may recall that we were forced to cancel our spring conference. We have two a year in Louisville because the governor had shut all business down. And so we did a little an attempt at a Zoom type of a thing. And our fall one was scheduled to be in Minneapolis. But we all know what happened in Minneapolis, the governor <laughs> and whatever happened there and riots. And so about a month out, we had only about 10 percent, maybe 30 people that were registered to go. And about 10 of them were us, uh, part of the IBO. <laughs> and we said, no, hello, there's something wrong here, fat man. And so we had to decide whether to cancel it all together, which being a networking group, it's a face-to-face interaction. And those of that, that have participated, it what really makes us unique is this owners and, and their key people getting together to talk about topics of common interest. And so I felt that as a leader, and, and I got a lot of pushback from not so much our people, but some, the, that the, it was reckless and irresponsible in this, in this pandemic time to do such a thing, to get people together. Well, we're all adults. Many of us know that we've already had COVID and, and that we can be responsible, socially distance, wash our hands, all that. So I just needed to have the opportunity to provide that to our associates to give them that chance if they wanted to participate great financially we've taken a hell of a hit from Mm -hmm. uh, the budget standpoint doing this but i think that all this is cyclical we'll grow out of it and i'll give you a couple of examples in a little bit of how it's really impacted our group favorably and individuals favorably so the big takeaway was is when people started rolling in we changed the timing. Instead of starting the very first thing Wednesday morning, we changed it to noon. Mm-hmm. Give people a time to save a little money, come in, drive in, do something different. And the speakers was a little harder because some of the speakers didn't want to come. And so we pre-recorded a lot of those and played them there at the live conference. But we were able to have live interaction and live questions with people on the topics. But the number one takeaway is thank you, thank you, thank you for doing that. Hmm. People were so tired of being holed up. They, the, the sales people couldn't, can't go out and talk to the people, the company policies, whatever. But they, many got permission to come to this. And it was uh, resounding that it was uh, very much appreciated. And everybody, even though we're about half the normal, 
folks in attendance, I was pleasantly surprised is quadruple the amount that had been on uh, online for what we were going to be doing in Minneapolis, which would have been, I think, sadly a mistake. Mm -hmm. We'll still go back to Minneapolis. We were able to renegotiate some of the contracts to go out and go back to them in 2023, by Mm -hmm. which point have all their state of affairs mm-hmm. managed and worked out by then. What was the feel? What was the atmosphere? What, what do you hear? You know, what I love about the conferences is there's a bunch of independent outdoor executives and you can go up to someone and say, hey, how are you doing in your market? What are you noticing? What was the feel when you talk to your membership about how they're doing right now? Interestingly, you know, we've come from more of a originally a country club style model and, mm-hmm. and have blended it over time to more to bore being agnostic to all sizes, young, old, you know, it was primarily the older established companies didn't really want to have the brand new guys, uh, but we're learning that we had a number of the sheriff there in Henry mm-hmm. just a year ago, you know, when we're in these areas, let's let the market club, the smaller and younger, newer guys come in, they're, all, they're close by and let us just get their feedback. And it's amazing the, the different perspectives that somebody that's 25 and 30 has to somebody that's 55 or 60. Hmm. And you get people together, and it was uh, really surprising. Everybody had a positive story to tell about coming through this pandemic. Yes, we all felt a month or two. Look, billboards had a little hit. Just we, we really only lost one customer, which hmm. was the you know obviously mm-hmm. casino off people couldn't go in. But yes. they were the only ones to drop, and they weren't a significant account. A couple of boards, but we're up on the order of five to ten percent now over last year. Wow! So it, it is has impacted us, and the same story I've heard repetitively. Now the the ones that were more highway oriented that dealt with interstate and highway traffic for hotels and restaurants have been impacted more greatly than the rural folks. But that that is a lot of the the makeup and nature of the group as we are more suburban and rural than oriented. I think there's right right now in the industry there seems to be haves and have nots. The haves are rural, location based, diverse client base. Those are the haves. Those out of home companies have actually recovered and are are on their way. The have nots are the place based the urban and heavily national, where they they really had a huge drop, and it's been a little more challenging to come back. National campaigns, am I right? And you would probably know this because you have a network for national campaigns. They're starting to come back, but not completely. They are, and surprisingly, we had budgeted for our Speedway, which is our uh, co-op marketing networking group of all the all the different operators pooled together. We've over doubled the amount of connected faces mm-hmm. to over 44,000 faces in the in this last five, six months, primarily because the, the folks who had been at home more and had more time to focus on their data. We see that trend. We, we think that we can at least increase that by 50% more by the end of the year with sure. the trends where it's going. So the positive impact has been where I had budgeted a dollar amount for the revenues that came in from the different verticals we're affiliated with. You know, for instance, Terry Carmody of Integration Media is our agency representative of New York City. That fell off for a couple of months. Yes. But you're starting to see that come back. They didn't cut the money. They just shifted it. Hmm. And so where we thought we would be at a year, by the end of the third quarter, we were up 20% Mm -hmm. over the budget of revenues delivered. And we've delivered 
monies to over 52 companies in our group, hmm. the smallest amount being about 1300 bucks and several of them with over several hundred thousand types of dollars going to them. Wow. So we're excited about what we're doing as a group and what we're doing, you know, to, to assist these guys revenue wise. Now you, you have, Chris, you have added some staff. I interviewed Lisa Rondina. You've added some staff, you know, coming out of the COVID, there is an opportunity for the industry to grow revenue, to maybe grab some market share. How is IBO, what initiatives do you have to help members grow revenue? That's great. Lisa was a terrific get for us. And I'll say to you at conference, I talked to a veteran, and we may very well be increasing this penetration of this initiative that we're doing with Lisa. Hmm. I gave Lisa a list of 10,000 ad agencies. Guys <laughs> got big, bipolated. And I said, well, that was just like you'd eat an elephant, one bite at a time. And so she has been successful to go out, and, and she is our enterprise marketing advocate, meaning she's not a salesperson per right. Her primary function is to make introduction to ad agencies and let them know that we're the, probably the second largest company they've never heard of and their availability and ease at which they can get availability from us. And so in her efforts of doing that, here's a, a story that buttoned up, and it, it just happened by coincidence to be my company, Look Billboard's the recipient of this, and one other one in Oklahoma. She reached out to a company that was a regional, not in Oklahoma, had a good conversation with them. And uh, by golly, they were saying, you know, we're trying to find, uh, is there any availability in Southern Oklahoma? She goes, oh, yeah, <laughs> gave them avails and happened to present three of my outbound boards on the interstate, which we're 100 miles north and south of Oklahoma City and Dallas. And it's very difficult for us, unless you're inbound, to get those, those spots filled. So it's been years since some of them have been, had any advertisers on it. I was pleasantly surprised that they took all three boards for two-year contracts at almost full asking price for a contract total of about 70000 bucks. Wow. I'm going to tell you what, I was really happy about that, and that it illustrates that you know, that's three boards out of 44,000 boards. Our upside is tremendous by getting the message out to these agencies that just don't have the staff. They're getting hammered with their administration. They can't call and so, yes, it's easy to call the big three. It's really hard to call 500 other small companies. And, and, and I want to come back to something you've said. I'll pick up on something. So you said sure. you've connected 44,000 faces into IBO USA. Chris, the industry, Lamar has 161,000 faces. Outfront has yep. 42,000. Clear Channel has 40. So what you've assembled in your, you want to call it in your group, is you've been able to assemble, call it a billboard network, which you can present yep. to national advertisers, which is Correct. the equivalent to an outfront in terms of scale. Exactly. And, and we have significantly longer legs to grow that. We call that now branded at the IBO Speedway, not a marketplace. We want to have easy, quick, fast access to these different things. We function as a like an old wheat farmer co-op, rural electric co-op. The participants in the program know that there's an overhead to carry the expense of the people, the staff that puts this all together and the technology that puts this together. They're fine with that. If they don't have to answer RFP after RFP after RFP, and we can then connect with these buyers directly 
and let them just plan off of the availability that was updated currently daily, that they can very easily save anywhere from 5 to 15%, we're told, depending on the size of the organization, in administration costs just by using one-stop calls. And so that that has been a significant thing. So that 44,000 faces, we've got at least a footprint, and it's hard to keep track of it now, but it's at least 85,000 faces in our footprint. So my job's not finished. I've got another, you know, just from what the uh, the companies that we're connected with now, not the new ones that would come in. We think there's, we're, we've got 225 companies. We think there's easily 800 companies out there. Most of them may be smaller or different areas. But, you know, when those come on board over time, they'll see that there's really no obligation. It's all really upside for them. We've structured it that way. So it's a, a, a affordable, effective for them. And we try to take all the monkey work or the hardness out of it. So we really are focused on those revenues. And, and in speaking of revenues, you, we, we, um, before the call, we talked about something that we were lucky to have an industry veteran that got let go by a larger company that developed an online ad program successfully for them. And in this case, a mutual contact who happened to be one of the big guys. And, and this is something that I, with the assistance of Nancy Fletcher, slowly became more connected and realizing that there has to be a common relationship with everybody in the industry, not just independence. And it's the David's versus the Goliath. Mm-hmm. No, David needs to work with Goliath and let Goliath help where they can. And, and David can help Goliath on occasion. And so in these situations, that, that contact suggested we get together with this lady and we have teamed up with a large Silicon Valley mobile a digital online ad company called Frequence to create a it's a complex and confusing. The most reason for our billboard people don't do it, it's been confusing. So it's full of jargon. It's full of, you know, things that we just don't get. We've gone in and I've applied the lovingly, the Charlie Bullfrog test that it's got to be really, really simple. Keep it simple, simple. Mm-hmm. And I challenged the company to make it so where anybody could jump in and, and do an online ad proposal in two minutes. And then our IBO staff, helps them initiate the buys. Terrific. Let's take a break here for a word from our sponsor. Want to generate more out-of-home revenues? AdWatch Media partners with hundreds of independent billboard operators across the U.S. to enable small businesses to take advantage of -of out-of-home advertising. The AdWatch Network brings you new out-of-home clients without cannibalizing your existing revenue. To learn more, visit adwatchmedia.com or call 404-480-4064. So, Chris, is this mobile product that combines mobile without a home, is it difficult? You know, it, it is complicated if you want it to be, but it's really pretty simple. It, it comes down to one has to pick an audience, you know, as far as I want soccer moms as an example or a zip code. And so it can be we've designed the platform for simplicity. Frequency, you're experts, you know what the 95% of what everybody always does. Yes. I want you to program it that way so that the options default to the norm Mm -hmm. uh, or to the average or to the most popular, but allow people to drill in if they want to, to take advantage of their various needs of their customers. And so the lovely part of that is, is that we also have a dedicated team from Frequence that will actually get on the phone calls with a new company that's learning to do this and literally be on the call with the sales AE and mm-hmm. the advertiser to close the deal. Terrific. Super powerful. 
Now, the IBO has been doing quite a few public service initiatives. Can you talk a little about them? The first one that comes to mind is the one that we've had for a couple of years now. It's the Operation Christmas Shoebox, American Group. That is something that around Christmas time, November 15th, there's a big initiative all around the country that they pack these shoeboxes and send them to kids to third world countries. You know, everybody feels good about helping those kids out. And so that's one. Yes. We've been introduced to a company out of Las Vegas that is a, it's called Miracle Flights. Hmm. And Miracle Flights does something where they started off years ago, just a, a pilot oriented group that when they flew somewhere and they needed to come back, they'd, they'd find people that kids that need to go for surgeries or for medical treatments and they would backload them to those particular areas in a complimentary way. And of course, as a nonprofit, they were really struggling. They wound up getting a default settlement that was never claimed at California, and they awarded them a lot of money. And they subsequently have built that where they're doing commercial flights and pre-COVID. They were sending about 700 flights a month for kids in different areas from, let's say, California to Baltimore or from you know, Austin to Portland or wherever the doctors are, they do that. And I had a, a soft spot in my heart about that because I had a similar situation with my youngest daughter that we did a, a lot of traveling. We were uh, uh, able to do that. But I, I know that there are many, many people. We were involved with the Shriners group to take care of our issue. And you could see people coming from all over the world. And so I thought that that was good that the, uh, the fellow Mark Brown that runs that is also an ad agency guy or an agency guy that, that was there in Las Vegas. And his claim to fame for his group was what goes on in Vegas stays in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And so they're the ones that coined that. And he's very, a big proponent of billboards. And so he reached out to me to talk about how can we get this message out to all across the country. It's really, there's no better medium than billboards. And when I find somebody that's in a PSA type who really appreciates and knows the value of billboards, He's going to be a good spokesman for us as an industry to talk about that. And so the last but not least one that we've involved with, we, we, we have also Art Pop with Wendy Hickey that goes on. We do a number of years helping the artists in the different cities. Mm-hmm. That's a good program. But lately, the one that ta- takes care of a problem that we've had, the industry has both environmentally and just tidying up of your, your shop area, is our billboard finals. When we have a spent campaign, it's done, the vinyl comes down, and those bad boys stack up. Mm-hmm. Some of us just sell them. Some of us just trash them. Everybody's got a different way of going about it. The big three, generally speaking, uh, work with uh, a company in California that does some recycling work and makes bags out of that them. That would be but, rare for them. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and you know, but an overall standpoint, we got this call from a, a group that we've been trying to help call Every Shelter. I'm going to do a shout out to Brian Cassidy from Meadow Outdoor, terrific billboard operator up there in the in the Northwest. Mm-hmm. And Jim Johnson with Johnson Freddie, he's an M&A broker guy out of New York City, uh, approached us uh, about uh, six or eight months ago with this group out of Houston, hmm. uh, Scott and Key for EveryShelter.org. Hmm. He and I had very similar backgrounds and hit it off very quickly coming up through the construction world. And he is recycling billboard vinyls to make flooring for shelters in third world countries and then to make coverings for some of the old 1940s styles tents that are popular in the third world countries mm-hmm. out of our billboard by, by double uh, sewing them double. So wow. the, the advertising. 
on the inside. And so it, the tricky part of that is, is how do you get billboard vinyls from Portland area to Houston? You know, you can imagine what the, what the bill of lading cost would be for a, a 1,200 tarps mm-hmm. being sent. Mm-hmm. And so the, the challenge has been very much so any of these efforts in the past have kind of gone along. They come to they, uh, they really bubble up when Hurricane Laura's come through and Harvey's come through. And, you know, and, uh, in my position, people always call at those points. And it's kind of like we're always chasing our tail. Hmm. Somebody needs to be thinking ahead a bit. What can we do to anticipate? We know they're going to happen. Why in the heck do we always knee jerk? Why don't we plan for it? And so I, hmm. I was able to get that message communicated to the liaison with FEMA. Got with every shelter was able to do that. He knows them very well. And be darned if there isn't a whole emergency response network that goes on out there that was not really in in my radar scope as well. But there's NVOAD, which is a group that coordinates all the philanthropies that are out there. That would be the churches, faith-based type organizations for relief. That would be the Salvation Armies, the Habitat for Humanities, and all that. They're in all 50 states. They have regions of these VOADs that that coordinate these people. They know where their warehousing is. They know what their needs are. They know what they do and don't. And and then there's another group called Allen Aid that coordinates very closely with FEMA, in addition to NVOAD, that is a group of almost like logistics people. They, They know trucking. They know the unions, they know the warehousers, they know where the inventory is, they know the different places in the different cities and states. And so Scott coordinated a meeting with them, and I presented this concept to them, of which they were elated, because FEMA has in their specs that all the tarps that are bought, they're bought mm-hmm. that they're these blue vinyls, and the mm. blue vinyls, the ones they put up for Laura, are sadly no good now that Delta's come flying through. Mm-hmm. The, you know, they just rip up quickly. However, they know our billboard vinyls are, are very effective, and they can be years and years on the, on the job as needed. And sometimes that's... So, Chris, does the, the way the program works, if I am an independent operator and I have excess vinyls, is there a place? Can I now ship them to one of these groups and they stockpile them? Different than that, we're in the formulative error era. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're in the process of putting together a letter of understanding that describes the program in more detail, and it'll include a couple of the publicly traded companies. What we want to do is to, IBO has volunteered to keep track of the database because we know most of the people we ship vinyls to, we already know who they are. Mm-hmm. And so it's relatively easy for us to do that. So my goal is, is that we will begin to get our operators to palletize their vinyls mm-hmm. and keep them on their site until they have four or five, six pallets or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and when time is that they communicate with IBO to say, okay, I've got about six pallets. I'm ready to get them picked up. They may not get picked up tomorrow. But a company named Uber, which we've heard of as we've done car lift, they have a a subsidiary called Uber Freight. Uber Freight has got a philanthropy arm of it that goes in and they're giving free backhaul space in certain situations to every shelter into FEMA, into National VOAD. And so what we want to do is let the experts in disaster identify where the need is. And then we just say, here's the supply. They then figure out how they're going to go get it. And so ultimately, what I would like to be able to have done is to pick up 100 miles north of Houston, 100 miles north of New Orleans, 100 miles north of Pensacola, 100 miles north of Jacksonville and inland. 
that there's maybe a warehouse that over the course of the year in each one of those areas, the effort goes to stockpile vinyls in those areas while also sending them to every shelter so that they can support their third world. And the idea is, as we continue to sell our advertisements and then continue to churn the vinyls, we have a responsible way to keep them out of the landfill, get a second and third use out of them if we can, and help people along the way. And the kicker is, Dave, I know you'll love this, because these are donated vinyls, there's a tax deduction that comes along with it. So they can get, uh, for maybe a 12 by 24, there'd be a $50 tax deduction that you can take off of your taxes. So it offsets some of the some of the uh, little bit of extra work that you have to do at your yard, but it's a good way to have everybody have a win-win-win, feel good, feel good, feel good. IBO has also been doing some things with healthcare for the out-of-home industry. Can you talk about what's new there? Yeah, I sure can. There was uh, it seemed like it was the number one quest all during the Obamacare era when all that was going on that people were losing their insurance and then not having terrific options. Chris, what are we doing? Why don't we have an association deal? That well, it was all outlawed and there wasn't a way to do it. I put a challenge out to we've got an attorney that has a little health consultancy that goes on, Scott Henderson with Sodality Health, that I challenged them to, you know, there's a huge need for this. You know, a lot of it is, a lot of the health that's provided today is mandated that there be employees. Many of our operators have independent contractors, even the people that work from, I do this this way, have independent contractor status, and, and they just don't qualify to be part of any of these plans. And Obamacare shifted things around a lot. So the challenge was is to create this program. We were able to successfully do that and rolled it out last year. And it was the first health care program for a trade association since Obamacare. Hmm. And in that, we, we, we were pushing up the edge on a number of different things. And it's a good program structured more like the old days that we had insurance that could be obtained and, and bought privately. So structured that way. So there's pre-existing conditions, you know, there's lifetime caps, those kinds of things that for even uh, because we're generally an older population in our out of home, I, we had to make some harder choices. Well, we, we, we won't cover pregnancy as an example. Mm-hmm. These are all options, really tough business decisions that you have to make, like the lifetime caps, those kinds of the annual caps. Those are tough, tough calls. But in order to provide a favorable price across that whole spectrum, you have to come up with some of these tough business decisions. Now, it didn't it get rolled out. There were some bugs during the rollout. It was hard to get it p- pinned down to the January 1st. And uh, the key thing is, is that the company is backed by a, a large insurance company back east, the people that are providing this for us. And it's a rolling enrollment. So if you have a bad thing happen in April that you lose your insurance from your job or your COBRA expires in April, you can still set up and sign up for this plan. Now, fast forward to our conference, we announced a new and an additional plan that we'll call it plan A is there. Now we have a plan B, which is a slightly different. It has no pre-existing conditions and where the first plan had age banded. So the young ones have to pay a really low price, but the old guys like me have to pay a high price. And in that situation, it can be favorable for the younger people to do plan A, whereas now plan B is not age banded. It's one price, like eight or 900 bucks a month for, for insurance for, for a family. Mm-hmm. No deductibles, 
and no pre-existing conditions. And mm. so the terms there, we think it's going to be exceptionally valuable to people. And, and uh, another key point is you think, oh, well, that's just for your billboard operators. No, I set the program up so where it would touch anybody in our industry. So if you have a posting installer, if you have an electrician, small electrician, you have the lawn mowing and tree trimming guys, you have an ad agency, small ad agency in your town, or you have a designer. There's a lot of freelance designers. They're just floating in the wind out there. You as a billboard operator can make available to them. All you have to do is suggest to them, call us and have an introduction. And we, Kaylee at the office, will enable them to be set up and we'll basically line them up with the different operators. And so it's, we just think if we can keep our entire industry healthy and provide some good opportunities for them, we think that as a whole, we'll all be improving. Chris, if I'm an independent operator and I want to learn more about IBO, what do I do? Uh, easy thing is to start off, go to our website, ibousa.org, click on the About Us over on the far right of the upper menu bar. There's some videos through there. They can learn all about it. Punk around on the site, learn what you can. There's a contact us. It'll send us to support at ibousa.org. The phone number is 580-226-2234. When they call in, they'll uh, generally uh, be greeted by one of three people, Darren Henry, who handles a lot of our applications and those kinds of things. Kaylee, who handles a lot of the healthcare stuff and or online frequent stuff. And then Becky, who handles the feedway and the inventory stuff and all the things around workflow. And so just ask your question, whoever it is that answers the phone. Everybody has an interest that tickles them that they want to get interested in. And once they get part of the group, then they start to understand all these different services that are there that are all optional. None of this is compulsory, voluntary on everything, even down to the buys that we bring to people. We really don't mind if people participate, but there's really not a compelling reason why somebody doesn't. That's all for this week. Thanks for appearing on the show, Chris. You bet you, Dave, and thank you. I appreciate you do a wonderful job out there and great friend of the industry and IBO. Have yourself a good weekend. Thank you. I got to get to burning. <laughs> Bye. This podcast was edited by Lucas Jones and sponsored by AdWatch. You can listen to episodes of the Billboard Insider podcast by visiting BillboardInsider.com or by subscribing to the Billboard Insider podcast on iTunes or any of the usual podcast outlets. Our email is BillboardInsider at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. I'll be back in a couple of weeks.